News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. On the Mark is powered by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area at 221 North 36th Street, Quincy. Faith, family, and giving back. That's Cunis Country. And now, here's Mark Hespin. Good morning on the Mark KHMO Facebook world. This is On the Mark. I am Mark Hespin, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. Tell them Mark sent you. Welcome on in on this Saturday, November 5th. This is episode 159 of On the Mark, believe it or not. Yeah, made it to 159. And we got a packed show for you today absolutely jam-packed we got a massive trade deadline craziness in the nfl this week uh we will touch on all of that of course we will go through every single nfl game and break them down like we have been the past couple weeks we're in the meat of the nfl season including the fact that uh, once again i'm batting 500 with my lock my upsets and uh we will. Uh, I'll make the pick. So, and the toss-up is a game that I'm really wanting everyone's opinion on this week. Uh, we will, of course, spend some time in the NBA where the Nets have made a uh, a change in the head coaching position, and uh, uh, NCAA football. We have a massive, massive week of college football ahead, and um, I, I got to be honest with you, I feel really, really, really strongly about some of these games and some of these rankings, the first college football playoff ranking came out. And I think there are some teams that deserve to be angry, deserve to be a little frustrated. (laughs) Cough, Michigan, cough, Michigan. How is Michigan behind uh, Clemson in the ranking? It doesn't make any sense to me. We'll get into all that. Of course, as always, we start off this week uh, and this episode, like every episode with Hespin headline. Number one, Hespin's headlines on the mark. Hespin headline number one, the trade deadline was wild, absolutely wild in the NFL this week. Uh, they shattered records. First time the trade deadline uh, had had this many moves uh, on the day of the deadline in NFL history. And uh, there was some really impactful things happen. There wasn't a, wasn't the type of deadline that uh, you could just scoff at and be like, ah, not a big deal. I think there was a couple big moves that um, that uh, we need to address. And let's start with my Chicago Bears. I mean, everyone has uh, been wanting uh, you know the full thoughts on the Bears moving on from uh, Pro Bowl linebacker, incredible player. Um, to me, someone who should have been voted All Pro. Already in his career, Roquan Smith, the uh, the uh, former first dra- uh, uh, first round pick out of Georgia. Listen, Roquan Smith was one of those guys that um, was in a really tough situation. He was a priority pick from the past reg- regime in a defensive scheme in the previous regime that valued that position more than the current regime and current scheme does. Um in a lot of ways, Bears fans, we should have some, uh, I, I guess the best way to call it is, uh, you know, some, uh, 
PTSD from this a little bit before. I think back to Mike Martz and uh, the whole, you know, we don't need a tight end. Let's just get rid of Greg Olson. Well, I think this is a little bit different. Part of the reason why it's a little different is Roquan Smith was going to walk probably in free agency this year. Ryan Poles came out and said on ESPN 1000 in Chicago this week on Waddle and Sylvie, uh, they do a great job up there. Um, he said, listen, negotiations were tough this summer, and we didn't think we were in a good spot to be able to uh, offer him what he was going to want, and we didn't want him to walk away for nothing. And you can get the Ravens' second-round pick and the Ravens' fifth-round pick for a guy that uh, was probably going to end up walking away from your franchise. And you're able, because you're able to pick up an extra second-round pick, you're then able to take your second-round pick and go get Chase Claypool, um, which is the second part of this deal. In general, what the Bears basically did was they took the Ravens' second-round pick. They sent it to Pittsburgh for Chase Claypool. They get the Ravens' fifth-round pick, and then the Ravens get Roquan Smith. The Pittsburgh Steelers get the Ravens' second-round pick, and the Bears get... The, uh, sorry, the, uh, they get the, the, the Steelers get the Bears second round pick. Excuse me. The Bears get the Ravens second round pick and the Bears get Chase Claypool. Uh, well, let's talk about the Chase Claypool move. There is some things that I really, really like about it. And there's some things that obviously I have some questions about. Do I think Chase Claypool is a Hall of Fame game changing all world talent like a, uh, a Mike Evans or a Jamar Chase? Uh, a De, a DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you know, Calvin Johnson. No, I don't. But I do think Chase Claypool is very much capable of being a number one receiver at times, especially if he's got someone like a Darnell Mooney to play the two across from him. And I think if you're eventually able to get a legit Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase type number one wide receiver, he quickly becomes one of the best number twos in the league. And what did we say before a couple weeks ago? The biggest thing for this Bears offense and the receiving core was finding a really productive way to make Darnell Mooney the best three wide receiver in the NFL. Um, and so this is a step in that direction. Ryan Poles also came out and said, and I think he's absolutely right on this, the Bears don't have a ton of options at free agency and wide receiver group. It's not a terrific free agent wide receiver group coming up this year. They're able to um, get Chase Claypool for a year and a half. They have his contract through the end of next year. So if he comes out and he's incredible, maybe they can extend him this summer, get a nice team-friendly deal. Uh, him and Darnell Mooney extend them both. And then uh, it gives them flexibility. Number two, that's the other thing. If he's not great, you don't have to force a signing with him. You just say, hey, let's let's go out and draft a wide receiver, sign a wide receiver, do what we were going to do anyways. We bring Chase Claypool back for a full offseason and a full regame plan of him in our system. And then you see by the end of next year, well, you still have the rights to control and negotiate with Chase Claypool before he walks away in free agency. So it gives you time to see how he works in your system, see how he works with Justin Fields, see how he works. Uh, you know I have a feeling in the locker room he's going to work because this is a locker room that has a Cole Komet, a guy uh, who went to college with him. It's a young locker room. He's a young guy. Uh, it's not like he's coming with a bunch of veterans. These are all guys who want to get paid. These are all guys who are young and want to prove themselves. And I think for the Bears, if they had not done anything after the Roquan Smith move, what did I say with after the, uh, the, uh, the Robert Quinn move with the Bears move made last week? The Bears 
uh, locker room was in a little bit of that, oh, I guess we're losing. I guess we're in tank mode. Well, then going out and get Chase Claypool gives a little bit more energy, a little counterpunch to that notion that the Bears season is completely dead and completely over. What it does do, though, is it reminds everyone, hey, everyone's fighting, everyone's scrapping, nothing is promised, everyone's got to go out and earn these positions and sh- and show. And all of a sudden, with the Nikhil Harry off IR, and he's had a nice couple weeks for the Bears since he's been back in these in these last two games, you add Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney, all of a sudden you see you have to see less of Pettis, you get to see less of Equiminia St. Brown, less of of Jones Jr. Unless it's gadgety type stuff. That's good for this Bears offense. That's good for Justin Fields. And he is the big body receiver that you want. So I think it's good for the locker room. I think the contract's really great for the Bears. Uh, all of that stuff is a plus, especially in the sense that the free agent wide receiver market is going to struggle. The other thing I think that it, this move does, there's, we need to say about the Chase Claypool move for the Chicago Bears, is that it doesn't mean you have to force yourself to find a wide receiver in the first round. Yes, you still want to be able to draft a wide receiver in the first round of the NFL draft or the second round because the Bears need a still a really good go-to young great receiver. Absolutely. But look what's happened in the past where some teams are desperate for a wide receiver in the last couple of years is the wide receiver, the run on wide receivers can happen really, really quickly. And all of a sudden you get the misses, right? You get the, the moments where... Uh, the Eagles take someone, instead of taking Justin Jefferson, he falls in your lap, right? So the Bears can now take a little bit more of best player available on the board in the first round because they added to their wide receiver group already, right? So it gives them a little bit of breathing room to take the best player on the board. Now, if the best player is a wide receiver, you still can add a wide receiver. You still need a wide receiver to go with Claypool and Mooney, depending on what the Bears do in free agency and trades in the offseason. So it gives them a ton more flexibility. Overall, very pleased with this move. I hate seeing Roquan Smith go. You know I was going to say that. If you listen to this show, it's the same thing I felt with Cleo Mack. I always want great players to stay with the Chicago Bears, but Roquan represents himself. He doesn't have an agent negotiating. Roquan could still come back to the Bears in free agency. Uh, I mean, you would hope that the Ravens are prepared to offer Roquan the salary he wants. He fits into their scheme. Uh, great defensive culture. They're willing to pay defensive guys. But if not... Who out there is willing to pay Roquan the money that he wants? I don't know. Maybe if all the deals line up about the same, you get Roquan to come back to Chicago. I don't know. But right now, it wasn't going to get done. You're going to have to way overpay for Roquan Smith. The Bears front office was not willing to do that. And they went out and they made it useful. They got Chase Claypool. Um, They didn't lose and gained a second-round pick so they could use that to go get Chase Claypool and added some depth with a fifth-round pick and linebacker Klein, who uh, is is a good veteran presence for this Bears defense to uh, finish out the year. Um, Moving on to some of the other moves that happened in in the NFL, the trade deadline, I think there was a couple other big ones. The Vikings go out and get TJ Hawkinson and a fourth-rounder from the Lions. Lions get a second-rounder. And a, and a, uh, third in 20, uh, 23. I, this is, listen, I think this is a good move for the Lions. Um, clearly, uh, Hawkinson has been a, a great weapon for them, but clearly the Lions are in trouble. The Lions need some picks. The Lions need, uh, you know, a lot of help right now. And if they weren't willing to pay Hawkinson what he was going to want, then going out and getting something as opposed to letting him walk away in free agency is obviously a win too. Trading him in division always hurts. 
that's going to hurt. Um, and the, uh, the Vikings feel now like they're kind of all in, right? They had um, Rudolph for years and years and years and years and years in, in Minnesota. Hawkinson definitely feels like a Kyle Rudolph type wide receiver, uh, wide receiving tight end, like a receiving tight end. So that feels right. Him with with uh, with the two wide receivers they have there in Thielen and Jefferson, another weapon for Kirk Cousins, and the Vikings are kind of striking on the fact that hey, the Packers look actually really down this year. The Lions stink. The Bears are frisky, but it doesn't look that the Bears can win the division. The the Vikings feel like hey, they got to be in contention for the first and second uh, seeds here in the NFC. They got to go out and go all in this year. It makes sense. I like the move for the Vikings. Uh, and you know me, I don't particularly think too highly of the Minnesota Vikings. Um, meanwhile, the Broncos were active in trading Nick Chubb, their uh, elite pass rusher, to Miami. Um, the Miami used the 49ers 2023 first-round pick that they had from uh, the trade uh, to uh, go send uh, that to the Broncos. Plus, they gave up their 2024 fourth-round pick and running back Chase Edmonds. Uh, the Chase Edmonds move only makes sense because then the Miami Dolphins went out and they got Jeff Wilson Jr. from the 49ers um, for their 2023rd fifth-round pick. So active for Miami. They add Chubb. They add Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, I think this is great for Miami. Again, Miami sees the writing on the wall. You've got to surround Tua with weapons. They feel now like their backfield is better. And in the AFC, when you have your quarterback, you got to surround him with weapons. And in the AFC, you've got to be able to get at Patrick Mahomes. You've got to be able to sack Joe Burrow. You've got to be able to sack Lamar Jackson. And you've got to be able to sack that monster in Buffalo, Josh Allen. So, obviously, Chubb helps you accomplish those things. I think the Dolphins got better at the trade deadline. And the Dolphins are now a team that is going to be a problem for one of the division winners in the playoffs. I don't know if the Dolphins will win a game, uh, but it would shock any of us right now if the Dolphins uh, keep rolling with this firepower they have on offense and uh, and now adding to a, a defense that's already really, really feisty. If the Dolphins are the last team you want to play in the wild card round of the opening round of the AFC playoffs. And meanwhile, for the Broncos... I feel bad for Broncos country. They're not riding right now because that is the type of player that, again, you wish could retire a Bronco, become a, you know, a, a, a ring of honor type of player, a Hall of Fame type player. He has all the talent in the world. But this again just goes to show when you change regimes, new GMs, new coaches, uh, and you pay Russell Wilson the money you paid Russell Wilson, you're not going to be able to pay Chubb the what he wants to get. So you either let him walk in free agency, similar with the Bears move, or you at least try to get something for him. And they did get something for him. And credit to uh, the Broncos for getting a first rounder and a fourth rounder from the Dolphins. The, the Broncos need picks. They need cheap labor. Uh, they need talent. And, uh, and so to get a first and a fourth for Chubb, I think is a pretty good haul considering uh, the Bears got a second and a fifth for Roquan Smith. That just goes to show you the premium on the pass rushing uh, versus the linebacker position. Finally, a, a, a couple of other trades that I think have some merit as you're listening on the mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Uh, credit to the uh, Buffalo Bills for not um, standing pat either. They upgraded their wide, their uh, running back position. 
Naheem Hines, I think, is a better version of Moss. Uh, they trade for Hines from the Colts, uh, for uh, and the Colts bring in Moss, who's a lesser version of Hines, but he's still a good backup to your bell cow back in Jonathan Taylor, and they add a six-round pick. Obviously, the Colts need picks. They're in a, in a weird kind of heading into possibly a rebuild. And the Falcons, they trade wide receiver Calvin Ridley to the Jags. This is interesting. Ridley's still suspended, but this goes to show you the Jags are looking towards the future. The Jags see this roster. They see the writing on the wall, and they say, hey, things are going better for us. They seem to be maybe trending in the right direction, but we know we still have to add talent. So for the Jags to get Calvin Ridley – for a 2023 6th, uh, sorry, 2023 fifth and a 2024 4th, I think that's great value for a guy who can be a number one receiver in your offense. Um, and so I think it's a great move all around. I think Jags fans is a bummer they can't get Ridley into camp now. But all of a sudden, you're, you're again giving Trevor Lawrence all the tools and the weapons in the world. For by the end of year three, you have to make the decision on Trevor Lawrence. Is he going to be your guy? Are you going to pick up the fifth-year option, or are you going to move on? The Bears went out and got help for Justin Fields. The Jaguars went out and they acquired help for uh, for Trevor Lawrence for the long haul to give him a real chance to say, hey, I'm the, I'm the number one overall pick. I'm your franchise quarterback going forward. Big, big trade deadline craziness in the NFL. A lot of fun to analyze. I think the Bears are winners. A credit to the Steelers for getting a second-round pick. That's great for the Steelers. I think the Ravens uh, will find a way to make Rokon Smith happy, and he'll help them right now as they're trying to win a division. I think it's a great move for them. Great move for the Vikings to get Hawkinson and for the Lions to get something for him. I don't love the Chubb move for the Broncos, but again, if you weren't going to sign him, you got a first-rounder for him, and Miami's going all in. they really making a difference. Uh, you're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. When we come back, we will dive into the full week nine of the NFL season. I'm below 500 in my picks. I got to go 2-0 and this week to get myself back up. I'll give you my lock and my toss-up as we go through uh, the uh, NFL slate. On the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Finding great camp. Memories surf. A song washes you back to the beach that fall when love was all. At work, bone tired. A whispered lyric will make you dance inspired. And when the computer's glow at night is the only light, a voice might say the thing that makes the save. And the radio wave rolls on. Wherever you hear it, radio moves. To learn more, go to RadioHeardHere.com. Brought to you by this radio station to remind you that radio is heard here. Radio is heard everywhere. Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO. Welcome on back to the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. We are brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. You've got to ask them about their no-fear lifetime powertrain warranty on new and used vehicles. When you stop in, tell them Mark sent you. Uh, I'm telling you, shop online, shop cunis.com, uh, cunis quincy, uh, 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 they, I'm telling the online experience is just incredible because you could just look through the entire network of dealers, uh, that they have at the dealership. It's great. It's a terrific buying experience. All right. We now got to look into it. Let's break down every single NFL game this weekend. Hespin headline number two. Hespin's headlines on the mark. All right, here we go to our week nine NFL preview. And I'll tell you what, last week, 
0-2 in my gambling picks, my lock and my upset. Maybe the worst lock of all time. I thought the Raiders were on the rise. I will never pick the Raiders again. I'm, I'm so sorry, everyone. I uh, I apologize. I've fallen to 5-7 and seven on the year gambling. I feel good, though, this week about getting back to 500. I feel good about my picks, so let's jump into it. Let's start on Sunday, and let's just start with the game that matters most to me. Dolphins at Bears, Miami getting uh, favored by five points in Chicago. Five and three Dolphins at the three and five Bears. Um, Listen, this is the type of game that I think could go either way, depending on how the weather in Chicago is going to be that weekend. Chicago is a different team at home. They always play better at home. On the road, uh, you saw that defense get gashed. I think uh, they had a full week of rest after the short week after the Monday night football. I think this offense is ready to keep taking that next step. They've been running the ball extremely well. Three straight games rushing the ball over 200 yards. That hasn't been done for the Bears since the 1960s. Justin Fields right now is playing his best football that we've seen him in his short year-and-a-half-long career. And I think he's personally playing better football than any other second-year quarterback right now in the NFL. And certainly better than any of the rookies. A lot of upside, but... Tua and this defense and this offense for the Dolphins is deadly. Uh, can the Bears get enough pressure to get at Tua? I'm not sure. At home and that Bears Soldier Field grass, I give them a chance. Uh, the Bears, I think, will definitely cover. I'll take them to upset the Dolphins 24 22. A win for the Bears in Chicago over Miami. It'll be Tua's first loss as a starter healthy this year in which he plays the whole game. Got to go with my Bears. And I look for Chase Claypool to actually play and have a, a couple package, you know, design plays of the goal line. Get him in there. You know, he got into Hallis Hall on Wednesday. So he's had almost half a week, a full week of practice uh, to get up to speed with the game plan. So I think that helps the Bears. Energy in Chicago. Bears defense shows up uh, without Roquan, without Robert Quinn, and they get a win. All right, we'll move on to the next game. Chargers at Falcons. Listen, this is the type of game that um, the Falcons absolutely, absolutely escaped by the skin of their teeth last week. And the Chargers are finally getting some rest after the bye week and hopefully healthy. I like the Chargers in this game to come out. I think it's high scoring. I think the Chargers need it more. I think the Falcons are uh, are feisty as all heck, uh, but the matchup I look for is Justin Herbert really being able to exploit the weak Falcons secondary. Uh, the Falcons are certainly in right now pick-gathering mode, getting rid of Calvin Ridley. Um, listen, he's not in the locker room right now, but I do think it hurts the locker room knowing that, oh, okay, that's what this team is really trying to do this year, gain some picks. Tough place to play. Chargers are only favored by three. I think it's a really close game, but I'll take the Chargers to down the Falcons in Atlanta. Panthers at Bengals. Here we go. My lock of the week. The Bengals are favored by seven. I think the Bengals absolutely come out and destroy the Panthers. Here's why. Let me tell you why. Yes, the Panthers have played really well since making the change in head coach. P.J. Walker's come in. They beat uh, the Bucs. They, they lost in a crazy game against the Falcons. But what happens? If you get embarrassed on national TV and you have the better quarterback and you're home, you're going to win that game. I think this is where the Bengals uh, have you know, you know, a 
a second week, another week without Jamar Chase. I think this is where they've figured out what their game plan absolutely has to be without Jamar Chase. I think Burrow bounces back, has a big week, understands you got to keep up with Baltimore in division. You cannot fall off the pace. You've already lost to the Browns as well in division. I really like the Bengals in this spot to cover the seven. They have a lot more talent than the Panthers. The Panthers have been riding high for two weeks on this new coach interim uh, fever. I think it comes to a halt on the road against a good Bengals team in Cincinnati. Packers at the Lions. I wanted this to be my upset of the week, but I worry about the pa- uh, the, the the Lions right now. Uh, both these teams underperforming drastically this year, but Aaron Rodgers does own the Packers. Uh, the the only thing the Packers got going for them, I mean the Lions got going for them, is this game is in Detroit. I think that does play into a, a little bit of effect. For the, uh, for the Lions to keep it close. It's three and a half. Uh, can the Lions cover? I certainly think the Lions could cover. I think they can score on the Packers. The Packers defense is not terrific. Uh, but I look for Aaron Rodgers to come out and use the Lions like the Packers used the Bears a couple weeks ago as a, Hey, everyone, let's relax. Things are going to be fine. We're going to put it together here in Green Bay. Look for the Packers to come out and get a win in Detroit against the Lions. Lower scoring. Closer than you think, but the Packers should be able to take care of the Lions on the road. Colts at the Patriots. Bill Belichick eats up young quarterbacks for breakfast. At home, Sam Ellinger, a really tough ask for him to go to New England, uh, with a, uh, with a, uh, less, uh, Let's just be honest. Jonathan Taylor, who's not 100% right now, I was reading reports on Wednesday that he had sat out of practice. Um, it was, so his game time status, you know, the, the Colts have made some moves. They got rid of Naheem Hines. I think the Patriots absolutely use the Colts coming into town as a, as a, a, a get right game, feeling good after the win against the Jets. Mac Jones, Got to play well. Got to keep earning this job. I think you'll see him come out. They'll run the ball effectively against the Colts. Uh, he won't turn the ball over this game. The Colts and Sam Ellinger, uh, he's going to be pulling a Sam Darnold. I think that Bell Belichick will have him seeing ghosts at some point in time in this game. I like the Patriots to take down the Colts. Uh, will they cover the five and a half? I feel pretty good about that, but it's not my... Uh, uh, not my lock of the week. Again, lock of the week right now, Bengals minus seven. We're coming up on the toss-up. Uh, I mean, we're coming up, excuse me, on the uh, upset of the week. But first, let's get to the Bills versus the Jets. I don't want to spend too much time on it. Listen, the Jets are five and three. A little bit of the surprise of the league right now. The Bills, though, had a shaky Sunday night football end of the game. I think the Bills will feel great about getting Naheem Hines into camp. I think the Bills will come out and put a hurting on the Jets in New York. Uh, Zach Wilson has really underperformed, turned the ball over a ton. It's a great Buffalo Bills defense. Uh, the offensive line for the Jets is still shaky at best after losing Elijah Vera Tucker. I like the Bills to come on out. Josh Allen is going for the MVP. Josh Allen gets his stats right. Look for a three touchdown, no interception, maybe even runs one in. Bills run up the score on the Jets, take care of them pretty easily. Uh, here we go. My upset of the week. Commanders will take care of the Vikings and win at home. The Commanders have played extremely good football uh, for Commanders' sake since making the switch and getting in Taylor Heineke. I also think there is something to be said 
for the fact that it looks like Dan Snyder is finally going to sell the team. I think that's a boost for this Panthers team. I think this Panthers team looks at that and is like, ding dong, the witch is dead. We might actually have a chance here. I think there's a ton of, going to be a ton of good energy in that stadium. I think that this commanders team under Heineke is feisty. They throw it up to scary Terry. I think the Vikings on the road, a different football team. Uh, you know, they'll get Hawkinson in. Will he have a package of plays? I'm sure he'll uh, show up in the red zone as a target or two. I think this is lower scoring. It's tight. I think the Washington defense can get after Kirk Cousins, make him make one crucial mistake, and that's all they'll they'll need. I like Taylor Heineke and the commanders to win outright against the Vikings, but I certainly think they'll cover the three and a half. So there you go. Lock of the week, Bengals minus seven. Upset of the week, I like the commanders to cover the three and a half and win outright versus the Vikings. It still counts as a win if they just cover, all right? That's that's how this works, okay? Just a reminder. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHML. The KHML app brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. We're going through week nine of the NFL season. Let's keep it moving. An ugly game, the two and five Raiders at the two and five Jaguars. Listen, this, this was a game I thought now the Raiders would have just won at New Orleans. Uh, they'd be riding high. They'd come into Jacksonville, get a win there. And all of a sudden, look, the Raiders, uh, would be, uh, right at, uh, the 500 mark. Not so much. I actually like the Jaguars in this game at home. I don't trust the Raiders anymore. I'm done. I'll take the Jaguars at home. Uh, I think this, again, a Jaguars team that sees that Calvin Ridley move as a boost to their locker room. It's a believing in the current uh, coaching staff, the current system. And listen, the Jaguars were playing well in the first half of that game in London against the Broncos, uh, but things fell apart. I think Trevor Lawrence, a little home cooking, comes out, plays really well. A steady dose of Travis Etienne, a steady dose for the Raiders of Jacobs. Uh, I think uh, the Raiders, though, I just don't trust them. After that absolutely dreadful performance against the Saints, could they come out and have a world-beating a game against the Jaguars? Sure, but I ain't picking them until I see it happen. I'll take the Jaguars over the Raiders. Cardinals at Seahawks. Who would have thought when you, they got to this game in Week Nine, it'd be the five and three Seahawks at the three and five Cardinals? Uh, this is a huge, huge game for the Arizona Cardinals. There's no other way to say it, and it is a prove-it game for the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks, if they win this game in Arizona, we legitimately now have to start talking about them possibly not only winning the division, but could they win some games, uh, you know, and make a playoff run? Uh, Geno Smith has been playing extremely good football. There's no other way to say it. I don't remember in my football lifetime a guy going from first-round pick to bust to backup to star quarterback. But Geno Smith is on that trajectory. At this point in time right now, the the, the Seahawks do not have to draft a quarterback. The, their three losses are not Geno Smith's fault, and a lot of those losses. Um, he's playing really good. So can they go into Arizona in a divisional game and upset their rival I'm taking the Cardinals. I got to believe that Kyler Murray and the uh, and the Cardinals get home after that tough loss in Minnesota. They feel uh, I know Car- Kyler struggled at home, um, but divisional opponent. They've played well against the Seahawks. Kyler has in his short career. This is a must win for the Cardinals. Feeling the pressure, I think they get it done at home. The line is only two. That just goes to show you. If this game was on a neutral field, the Seahawks would be favored, but I'll take the Cardinals at home. Um, and again, if the Seahawks win, 
we absolutely will start talking about the Seahawks like they are absolutely for real. Here is my toss-up of the week, a game that I need someone to explain to me. I can't do it. Hit me up on Twitter, on Instagram, at Mark Hespen, M-A-R-K-H-E-S-P-E-N. What are we supposed to do with the Rams at the Bucks? Three and four Rams at the three and five Bucks. The Bucks have lost three in a row. First time in Tom Brady's career. The Rams are stinky poo poo. They are underperforming. The Rams, I thought, were going to make a move at the deadline. They couldn't make a move. Uh, and here we are. Two teams that I, I, I predicted probably to be battling in the NFC championship game are now battling for can they even get a playoff spot? Listen, this game is in Tampa. So I think that favors the Bucks. I think that Tom Brady. I trust him in this Bucks offense right now to definitely move the ball. Cooper Cup is ailing. The game Tampa's favored by three. I should they be? I don't know. I I, I feel like Tom Brady's not going to lose four in a row. I feel like he's going to get a boost, a little bit of a confidence boost now that the divorce is finalized. I think there's some breaths being taken in that Tampa locker room. And listen, I think the I think the Rams are tightening up. Uh, they're really feeling the Super Bowl hangover. They're not healthy right now. I'll go with the Bucks as my official pick, but I ain't betting this game. I can't wait to watch it. I ain't betting it. Too confusing. If you can figure it out or you think you have a good read on it, you let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at Mark Hespin. Uh, finally, uh, well, not finally, two more games. Sunday night football, Titans at the Chiefs. Kansas City minus 12 and a half. Um, I think Ryan Tannehill will be back for this game. So I think this line will change a little bit. It'll tighten up as we get closer. But I love the Chiefs at home. I think they, I expect them to win by about 10 or more. I, I could definitely see that. Listen, the Titans are figuring it out. You just got to feed Derrick Henry, go about your business, win your division, keep your season ticket holders happy until you can figure out uh, you know, where, what the future of the quarterback position is going to be in Tennessee. Uh, I, I like the Titans. I don't hate the Titans, but this is a Chiefs, you know, primetime Chiefs Sunday night football at Arrowhead. Uh, Derrick Henry, I expect him to have a big game. I think that, uh, he is a, an absolute monster, but I don't think that the Titans will be able to keep up scoring with the Chiefs. Titans defense is weak, and I think the Chiefs at home will get, uh, take care of business. The Chiefs know that they have got to start stacking up some wins. You look at the Bills, some of the other teams in the AFC, surprising, you want that home field advantage. You want to lock, start locking up your division. I think the Chiefs see that as the importance. They don't want to be playing too many games on the road come the postseason. This is one of them that definitely will take care of at home uh, against the Titans. Finally, Monday night football, Ravens at the Saints. Saints played really well. In that win against the, uh, against the, the Raiders. I was absolutely shocked by it. Andy Dalton coming on out. They're now feeding Alvin Kamara, which they should have been doing some day one. That being said, yeah, I like the Ravens. I like Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Listen, the Ravens are a team that I don't think is afraid to play anywhere, anytime. They have a good attitude about it. I think they see the Roquan Smith trade is a bleep. Yes. Let's get going. We're getting our defense back. We're going all in. I think it's a good locker room boost trade for the Ravens. I think it's a Monday night game, primetime, uh, extra rest for the Ravens after that win in Tampa. So absolutely, I'm going to roll with the Ravens here. Lamar Jackson on primetime will do enough 
uh, in the second half to make sure they walk out of New Orleans with a W. Uh, so there you go. That is my Week 9 NFL preview. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO, the KHMO app. I got to get back to 500 this week, so I got to go 2-0 on my bets. If you're following along, if you remember, my lock of the week is the Bengals minus 7. I think they'll blow out the Panthers at home, and I'll take the Commanders plus three and f- three and a half to at least cover. But I think they'll win the game uh, against the Vikings at home. And the game that I need help with, you help out. Let me know what do you got to read on the on the uh, Buccaneers hosting the Rams. All right, when we come back, we'll make our our switch to the NBA. Some coaching changes already. Three weeks into the NBA season. It's craziness. Uh, we'll get to that. It's on the mark. News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. You wash your hands. You brush. All of us have felt the effects of isolation during this pandemic. So we can understand a little how some veterans feel. But they will feel like that their entire lives, not just for a year. Over 30% of COVID survivors could experience PTSD, but many veterans have extreme cases of PTSD all their lives. Our most vulnerable veterans remain isolated at hospitals, scared and alone, but you can help. Help Heal Veterans with the support of citizens like you creates and distributes therapeutic art and craft projects for our veterans and military at no charge to them. Learn how you can help an isolated veteran through this desperate time. Visit HealVets.org. This message is furnished by Help Heal Veterans, a not-for-profit organization that has been helping veterans for over 50 years. HealVets.org. News Talk 1070. Forecast from the News Talk 1070 KHMO Weather Center. A wind advisory continues until 11 a.m. today. Mainly cloudy skies today with a chance for scattered rain showers. High of 52. Southwesterly winds 20 to 25 miles per hour. Lows level off around 44 tonight. Right now, 45. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Stop by. Check out the new inventory on the lot. They're finally getting a bunch of new inventory in the lot, Hondas and Hyundais. And if you don't see the new inventory you want on the lot, you can always custom order. Stop in, custom order, lock in that great rate, that great deal. Tell them Mark sent you, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy, Cunis Honda Hyundai, Faith Family Giving Back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. All right. We move on away from football. And, uh, coming up here, we, I, I want to move this direction of this to, uh, to the NBA. Uh, just a couple games into the NBA season and Steve Nash is officially out as the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets have not been bad. My Bulls just beat them the other night. Uh, and let's just be honest right now. Steve Nash was a placeholder. Remember back a couple years ago when Katie and Kyrie were brought to the team? They even said, now we'll coach the team. We don't need a coach. Yeah, figure it out. It's not hard. They were so cocky. They were so confident. And uh, Kyrie was instrumental in getting the previous Nets coach fired, who had a lot of success. Remember that Nets team was like the young uh, Jared Allen and and that uh, Karis LeVert made a playoff run. They were fun to watch. And then Kyrie Kitty come in and blow it all up. 
And uh, they just have been poop since. They've been really, really awful. Well, they're terrible this year to start. And now it looks like they're bringing in Ime Udoko uh, from the Boston Celtics, formerly. He's still suspended from the Celtics, but uh, I guess not suspended by the league. So he's good to come in and start taking over. Does this going to make a difference? I don't know. I mean, is it going to, is he going to be able to get Ben Simmons to actually dunk the basketball, shoot and play like uh, a 6'10 freak point guard who, uh, who actually can just attack the rim? I don't know. Ben Simmons is uh, uh, trying to actively avoid the free throw line. So he's not even going to attack the rim because if he gets fouled, he doesn't want to shoot free throws, even if it's an and one. Because he's just so in his head and so terrible. Kyrie has been trashed to start this year. Uh, I will. I, 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 I thought about talking about Kyrie with the stuff he posted on Twitter, uh, the anti-Semitic uh, content that he was seeming to uh, be promoting and backing. I, I don't even know if it's worth my time. Kyrie, we all know right now, in my opinion, uh, is is kind of a joke. I don't take Kyrie seriously. Um, I think Kyrie is exactly the type of person that we all know, at least one of them in our lives, and you just despise him because they're the person who, in a room full of people, always thinks they're the smartest person. You can never be right. They're the only ones that are ever right. And as soon as you bring up any sort of topic, he will combat you with the, well, actually, on YouTube, if you look at this, it's like, okay, bro. Calm down. I, I just don't think Kyrie's worth it. And I think KD, you remember, he asked for a trade. He wanted out of this situation. I think the Ime Udoka move is a way to appease KD. Uh, the Nets obviously want KD. They want to keep KD. Can they build around KD? I don't know. They're an absolute mess right now, and uh, I don't see him being able to put it together. Maybe Ime can come in. And, uh, and coach his butt off and figure this all out. I don't know if he's going to get suspended from the league or anything like that. We'll wait and see. It's a, it's a mess in Brooklyn. And, um, I mean, I had Brooklyn as like the six or seven seed. I don't even know if they're going to get to that now. I, I don't say they turn around. Kyrie can't play defense. He's terrible. And Ben Simmons won't even shoot at all. Uh, he's just been so abysmal to start the season. Um, the other thing is Miles Turner, the big man, the center for uh, the Indiana Pacers. Really interesting. He was involved in trade talks before the start of the season. Uh, him and Buddy healed to get out of Indiana because Indiana wanted to be tanking. Send them to uh, the Lakers in exchange for Russell Wilson. The Pacers would eat the money and then release Russell Wilson and go into full take mode, right? Well, they didn't end up doing it. And now Miles Turner went out and actually said, I wish, like, trade me. Like, I'm a good player. Me and Buddy Heald, we could do a lot for you. The Lakers could use us. It's crazy to me that the Pacers were actually apparently willing to do this deal and the Lakers weren't. Uh, the Lakers absolutely at this point in time need to go find a deal like that. If you can get Miles Turner uh, to play with Anthony Davis, Buddy Heald, LeBron James, all of a sudden now – Get Dennis Schroeder healthy. Like they, now, all of a sudden, you got something. You you got a little something. I I don't know. I don't think it's compete for a championship. Something, but it's something. And you get the cancer that is Russell Westbrook to your locker room out of there. And that's uh, a, a extremely important at this point. Uh, wild start to the NBA season for two of the biggest NBA stars, two of the greatest players, Kevin Durant, and LeBron James. Uh, they are just off to absolutely topsy-turvy starts, and uh, I don't know if it's going to get much better as the season goes on. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. When we come back, little college football talk to wrap us up. We're live and local. It's on the Mark on News Talk 1070 KHMO, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. Your bills are due on the... And the KHMO mobile app. 
Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. As always, follow the show on Twitter at Mark Hespin, on Instagram at Mark Hespin, or search us on the Facebook page on the Mark KHMO on Facebook. Shout out to Cunis Honda Hyundai, uh, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, part of the great Cunis family of dealerships. Their network of, of cars and dealerships is so massive and extensive. Go to shopcunis.com. Stop in the dealership, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Tell them Mark sent you. And don't forget to ask about that no-fear lifetime powertrain warranty on new and used vehicles. All right. Uh, wrapping up the show here, talking a little college footy-footy football. The uh, first college football playoff rankings came out, and I I really do disagree Um with them. I, I think Georgia should be number one. I think Tennessee uh, should be at number three. I, I think that Michigan, it, it's a shame that Michigan is at five. I think that Michigan should be um, for Ohio State too. That's what I would do. I'd have two SEC teams and the two Big Ten teams in the top four. Little shock, but that's the ranking that came out. It, it could be because of the fact that they just know right now that Tennessee and Georgia are playing each other this week, one versus three. Um, and so that'll sort some of that out. Um, and that's going to be an, an amazing game. Tennessee has a chance to prove they are for real. They get to go to Georgia, the defending champs, uh, the undefeated number three in the country, now undefeated number one, Tennessee. They have a chance. Uh, Hooker and this and this uh, Tennessee Volunteers offense has been electric. A lot of people are comparing them to that LSU team with Joe Burrow a couple years ago. I mean, they are on a similar rise. But Georgia is a different level. At Georgia, I mean, it's going to be a absolute must-watch college football game. Uh, and then we have a second absolutely must-watch college football game. Number 6-7-1 Bama at number 10 uh, LSU six and two. Listen, LSU can put themselves in a really unique spot here. They could be a two loss team that's actually competing for a playoff spot if they can beat Alabama at home and then get themselves into the um, SEC championship game and win a game against an undefeated Tennessee or Georgia. I, I don't know how you would count out LSU then as an uh, as a winning as the uh, champion of the SEC. For Alabama, this is part of their redemption. Listen, they lost a game, maybe a game they shouldn't have lost, but they did. They're a one-loss team to Tennessee now, and so they have a chance to prove that they can get back into the playoffs. This is just another thing for them. A night game at Death Valley at LSU, Brian Kelly, big test against Alabama. Two giant must-watch SEC football games. Uh, who am I picking? I'm going to take Georgia. I'm going to take Alabama. I think Georgia and Alabama win. I think they're the best programs in the country right now, and uh, I think that they'll both win. Uh, I think Michigan will take care of business. I think Ohio State will take care of business. Next week's college football playoff, Georgia one, Ohio State two. Um, I think you'll have uh, – you'll have uh, – Clemson will stay at three because of, or move up to three because of where Clemson's ranked. Uh, and Alabama comes back in then at four. Michigan's still the odd man out just because the college football rankings. I would still put in right now my top three today would be Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee, Michigan, Alabama, Clemson. Uh, I think Clemson is uh, is not as good as it is top four teams, even though Alabama has one loss. 
All right, that's going to do it for me on this Saturday, November 5th. Thank you so much for making me a part of your morning. As always, follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Mark Hespen, M-A-R-K-H-E-S-P-E-N. Follow the show on Facebook, on the Mark Cage Mo on Facebook. Enjoy this massive college football Saturday and a huge week nine in the NFL. I will see you next week right here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. At St. Jude, researchers are working around.